What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. It is going to be a bit of a different show for the next few days. No music, no production, or uh, getting everything ready for the YouTube studios. So just me and you for the next few days. Uh, but we'll get things going on today's show. We are talking NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs start today. I'll give a pick for each of these series uh, coming up. But before we get going, special thanks to SportsBet MVP, online sportsbetmvp.ag. Sportsbet MVP is not going to let you down. How often do we talk about good things, good qualities to look for in different sports books? Well, there are some books. Let me let me let me tell you from firsthand experience. There's some books you sign up for and you're part of those books for a week. There's other books you sign up for and you use for the next couple of years. Sportsbetmvp.ag is the kind of book where you sign up and you keep using them for several reasons. They pay out on time. They offer great lines, very good households. They've got very good bonuses from time to time. Everything that you want in a good sports book, sportsbetmvp.ag does so well. Uh, sign up today, start winning online, or give them a follow on Twitter at sportsbet underscore MVP. Once again, online, sportsbetmvp.ag. All right, on today's show, like I said, we're going to go series by series in the NBA, and I will give a pick for each of these series prices. So let's start off in the Eastern Conference. The one seed Milwaukee Bucks taking on the eight seed Orlando Magic. This is tough to even find a line for. Everywhere I can find, Milwaukee's around minus 5,000. Orlando's around plus 2,000, plus 2,300. This is really not going to be very competitive if you ask me. You know, the Bucks uh, did end the season four and nine. So that is a cause for concern. And for those who look for momentum, teams who are playing well in the bubble, Milwaukee's the last team who I would ever say is playing well in the bubble. But here's the thing. They have a matchup with the Orlando Magic, who they dominated this season. Uh, they, I think if any team in the NBA can flip the switch and start playing much different than what we've seen, it's Milwaukee. Trust me. So I think the Bucks, who did, by the way, go 52 and eight, their first 60 games. I know they ended rough with the four and nine record, but still, this is maybe the best team in the NBA we're talking about. I highly doubt they're going to drop the ball against the, uh, uh, Orlando magic. So look, I don't want to necessarily say I love this series price at, Minus 5,000, which is 1 to 50. You bet 50 bucks to make a dollar. But if we are leaning or, uh, you know, looking at who we think is going to win, that's that's who I would pick. Now, I do also want to clarify, that's not necessarily what today's show is about. If I were picking the winner of each series, that would be a different show than picking the lines of each series. Because there's some series coming up where we're, we're, like every other bet, we're betting the numbers, not the teams. But for this one... Where the Bucks are minus five thousand, the Nets are you know twenty three hundred to one. There are some people out there who say, "Hey, you get twenty three, you get plus twenty three hundred on anything. You take it." I would disagree. However, I think Milwaukee gets a job done. Probably wouldn't bet it, but I do believe the Bucks will advance. All right, on to the uh, next series in the Eastern Conference: Toronto, the number two seed, taking on the Brooklyn Nets, the seven seed. How about Brooklyn <laughs> coming out uh, playing in the bubble, fairly decent without any of their be- uh, best players? And uh, it's it, it's kind of interesting to see kind of how Brooklyn made their way into the playoffs, and now they have to play the Toronto Raptors, who are just on fire. We talked about the Milwaukee Bucks maybe fading the last couple weeks. Well, Toronto has not done that. The last 32 games, Toronto is 27-5, and the best team in the NBA, ahead of the, the 
Oklahoma City Thunder, 21 and 10 over that span. The LA Clippers, 20 and 10 over that span. The Celtics, 21 and 13 over that span. Toronto, I think, often gets overlooked, and I'm not really sure why, whether it's the fact that they're in Canada, that they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore. I don't know, but I do know that they should absolutely destroy the Brooklyn Nets this series. The line is the Raptors are net, uh, minus 3,400. The Nets are plus. 1375 around plus 1400 so I still I'm gonna go with the favorites here I know it's a heavy 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 vig but I don't see any scenario any world in which the Nets find a way to win this thing now I will say Spencer Dinwiddie's been one of the more more clutch players this season he's made an NBA high seven go-ahead baskets in the final minute of the fourth quarter or overtime but um, look, aside from that, they do have some star power. They're not going to have near what it takes, especially on the defensive side, to keep up with uh, the Toronto Raptors. So I think Toronto gets the job done. All right, now let's move into some actual bettable games here, or bettable series. The first two, probably not too bettable. I don't know anyone who's going to lay $3,400 to win 100 bucks on the Raptors, right? But this one's a little different. The Boston Celtics, the number three seed, taking on the Philadelphia 76 the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, excuse me, the seven seed. Now, I think that the Celtics are obviously one of the teams to beat in the East. They're not getting a lot of love, though. If you look back at teams who are the most bet and the least bet since teams have come to the bubble, no one's betting on the Celtics. And I'm not sure if it was because of the Celtics' uh, schedule. They did have a pretty tough schedule to end things. I'm not really quite sure what's going on there. But I do know that when you look at the Celtics and how they played against the 76ers, they've won the past four series. They've largely dominated in the regular season. And the fact that Philadelphia is working without uh, Ben Simmons, major downgrade for for, 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 uh, Philly. Now, you may ask yourself, well, I know Ben Simmons is out, but how good are they with him compared to without him? And they really drop off a cliff when Ben Simmons doesn't play. There are some radio hosts, some people who want to make you think that Ben Simmons is a dispendable player, excuse me, a disposable player. I don't think that's the case at all. Ben Simmons, when he's on the floor for the 76ers, they they are 35 and 22. When he is off the floor this season, they are 7 and 8. Certainly a winning record with him, and they are barely 500 without him. 7 and 8, below 500 without him. And, you know, if you think Joel Embiid has what it takes to put the team on his back and lead them defensively, not just offensively, but defensively, because remember, Joel Embiid is, he he can turn it on defensively. It's not out of his realm to play great two-way basketball, but I don't think he can put the entire team on his back and beat a team who has been nagging the, the, the 76ers for, for years now. So I think Boston wins. Right now, the line for the Celtics, minus 400. I know it's a little bit more expensive, but that is certainly more in the bettable range than you know taking some of these other 3,400 to 1. So minus 400 is just 1 to 4. But also, what I like here is if there's any way Boston wins one of the first couple games, that line will plummet. So really what I think we should do is sit and wait for a couple games. If Philadelphia loses the first couple games, you know, Fine, we were probably on the right track. We didn't make the minus 400 bet, but probably not that big of a deal. If Philadelphia happens to, well, by not that big of a deal, I mean you're not going to cash that bet, but any minus 400 bet, you're probably not betting to win several, several units anyway. Um, if if uh, Philadelphia does happen to win one of the first few games, well, now we're looking at maybe minus 150, minus 200 for the series. So, 
And I like the Boston Celtics here. What I would do is wait, see if the 76ers happen to win one of those first couple games. If not, the wheels could come off and, and, the, six, and the Celtics could win in in five or so. But I, you know, I think that there's a good chance the Philadelphia 76ers win one of the first couple games. And instead of betting on the 76ers to win one of those first games, we're not going to risk anything. We don't have to make any bets as sports bettors, right? So that's one of the luxuries we have. So we sit back, we watch, we wait. If the 76ers happen to win, now we have a bet on Boston. And if not, then we didn't waste our money trying to trying to pick which game the 76ers won out of the first two, and we can move on. So I do like the Celtics to win that series, currently minus 400. My best bet would be uh, to, to wait off on that one. Last matchup in the East, Indiana Pacers, the four seed, taking on the Miami Heat, the five seed. And uh, I like this bet. We're going to go the underdog in this series. So to give you guys the line, this is a very, very inflated line, in my opinion. Uh, The Miami Heat are minus 300, and the Indiana Pacers are plus 245. Now, remember last week's show? It was Thursday, Friday, forget the exact day we did it, but it talked about break-even percentage. And what you look for when you're making a bet, right? Well, as we know, with the Heat and Pacers, let's convert these to break-even percentages. So look at the Miami Heat. They are minus 305. If we go to our trusty uh, odds converter, which is, of course, aceodds.com, A-C-E-odds.com, go to the odds converter, we can easily find a break-even percentage for any individual bet. So the Heat are minus 305, so we'll go to the Ace Odds odds converter, type in minus 305, which equals 75.3%. Okay? If you think that the Miami Heat will win this series 75% of the time or more, you don't make this bet on Indiana. If, however, you think the Indiana Pacers are going to win that, well, let's actually do Indiana's line because there's a VIG taken out and it's going to be slightly changed for the Miami, for the uh, uh, Indiana Pacers. So if we type in the Indiana Pacers line of plus 245, you get a break-even percent of 29%, okay? And by the way, that's how you can find the household. You simply add those two up. So they're charging minus 305 for the Heat, plus 245 for the Pacers. You just find the break-even percentage for each. So it's uh, 29 for the Pacers, like I said. Plus 245 equals 29%. And minus 305 equals 75.3%. So you just add 29%. Plus 75.3%. And the household for this bet on the outlet that I'm giving it right now is 4.3%. That's a very reasonable hold. The average hold we look for is right there around 4 to 4.5%. So that's what you guys want to look for. Just another refresher on that topic. But getting back to the Miami, uh, excuse me, getting back to the Indiana Pacers at plus 245, their break even percentage is 29%. Therefore, if you think the Indiana Pacers have a 30% chance to win the series or better, this is now a bet. And this is a good example. Guys, we don't always pick teams who we think are going to win because the Lions could often be charging too much for the true percentage of that team winning. Let me put it this way. If I think the Miami Heat will win this series, but I think that they'll only win this series 60% of the time, This is still a bet on the Indiana Pacers. I'm betting now on a team that I think will only win 40% of the series. They'll win this series 40% of the time. Now, why would anyone ever make a bet on a team that isn't as likely to win, whether it's a game or a series? And the answer is because they're charging prices that don't reflect the true odds or what I think the true odds should be. 
So if the Indiana Pacers have a 40% chance of winning the series, that would imply that the line should be plus 150 for the the Indiana Pacers. Okay, the Pacers should be plus 150 based on my projections. Well, they're plus 245. So we're getting major value. That's what people are talking about when they're talking about value in sports betting. It's your odds compared to what the odds are of the book. What is the difference in the percentage they're charging? That's all we're ever betting on. It is common, very common for professional sports bettors to bet on teams who they don't necessarily think will win the game, but they're getting a great price. So when they do happen to win the game, you're getting paid out two times, three times what you should. That's how you win money in the long run. So for this Heat Pacer series, I think the Heat are the better team. I think the Heat have a better chance to win this series, but would I pay minus 305 to see? Fuck no, absolutely not. So we'll go Pacers here, plus 245, just because we're getting very, very good value. And it's a good example, again, to remind everyone what true value means, you know? When you're looking for value, when you're looking for betting, this is, or for betting value, this is what we're talking about. So to recap the East one more time, we're going to go Milwaukee and Toronto, both heavy, heavy, heavy favorites. Uh, I lean Boston minus 400, but what I would do is wait for them to play a couple games. If Philadelphia happens to win one of the first two, should be able to get a great price on Boston at that point. And uh, the last matchup in the East, Indiana taking on Miami. We'll go Indiana just because they are very, very cheap right now. Plus 245, plus 250 market consensus. I like the Pacers at that price. Uh, Let's move on to the Western Conference. The Western Conference, a little tighter. Things get a little bit more close. Or a little bit closer. Look closer. Look closelier. Um, All right, Lakers, Blazers. The Lakers are making their first postseason appearance since 2013, but they right now are the favorites, or the co-favorites, depending on where you're looking, to win the title. Uh, James, uh, LeBron James, for those who don't know, (laughs) and Anthony Davis, uh, they've played really well together. You know, they've really surprised me. As a matter of fact, LeBron James has the most assists to Anthony Davis this year, more than anyone else in the league. 184 assists from from James to Davis. The second most in the NBA has been Damian Lillard to Hassan Whiteside at 132. Again, James to Davis, 184 assists. The next best in the NBA, 132 assists. Lillard to Hassan Whiteside. I just think it's going to be far too much for the Blazers to overcome. And I am betting, I'm fading Mellow. It's time to fade Mellow. And I like Mellow. You guys know this, but I think that uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the supporting cast, the Lakers, is just going to be far too much for the Blazers in this series. Now, this is a much different line than the 1-8 matchup we got in the East. As we mentioned, the the Bucks were like 1-50, to okay? To compare, the Lakers are 1-6. to So, it's much more likely, according to the odds, the Blazers will upset the Lakers. The Blazers have been a good team, maybe the hottest team since the bubble opened. Uh, Damian Lillard is leading the league in scoring. He's got 46.3 points a game his last four games, following a career-high 61 points against the uh, Dallas Mavericks earlier this month. So, Portland's good. Damian Lillard is very good. We all know this, okay? Okay. But I just don't think they have the team to compete with the Lakers. And, and frankly, I haven't been too too impressed based on what I've seen so far from the, the Blazers since they've got to the bubble. Now, I mentioned they're winning games. They won enough games to get into the playoffs. Obviously, beat Memphis in one game to get the eighth seed. 
But if you really look at the Blazers, there's a lot of overtime games. There's a lot of late comebacks. I mean, I, I just was not very impressed on a game-by-game basis. So the Lakers can turn it on. They can easily play like the best team in the NBA. And I could see this being a very quick series. So we'll go Lakers here. Minus 590 or so, but still, we're leaning LA Lakers. On to the next Western Conference matchup. The two-seed Clippers and the seven-seed, the Dallas Mavericks. This one's all about uh, defense versus offense, okay? The Dallas Mavericks have arguably the best offense in the history of the league. Now, most people would say, what about the Golden State Warriors? They were pretty good too. Well, let me put it in perspective for you. The best Golden State Warriors team in terms of offensive efficiency, excuse me, in terms of offensive rating, okay? This is much better than offensive efficiency because efficiency actually takes into account a lot of subjective stuff. This is just pure offensive rating, okay? The best ever Warriors team in terms of offensive rating was rated 113.9. This year's Dallas Mavericks team is rated 113.7. 0.2 worse than the best Golden State team ever was. So if you you think that this Dallas Mavericks team is good, not great, they can score, but you haven't been watching them. This is a very, very good offensive team. The only problem is... We're in the NBA playoffs where defense rules. And if there's one team who understands from the entire, from all the players to the to the coaching staff that defense matters in these situations, it's going to be the LA Clippers. So I expect the Clippers to put the clamps down, really give that tough to play, you know, tough to, uh, to play against defense. And I think the Clippers make easy work of the Mavericks. Now, again, similar to Portland, the Mavericks are good. You know, the Mavericks are a very good team, and they're young, they're loaded, they're, 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 they're going to be around for a long time. The Mavericks will be in the playoffs for the next five years unless something goes horribly wrong in Dallas. I like the Mavericks, but my point is, what they do well doesn't translate to the playoffs, and what the Clippers do well certainly translates to the playoffs. I think, it again, the Clippers make this a very ugly game. They try and, you know... Be physical with Dallas. Don't give them the open looks they're used to getting. Porzingis, Luka Doncic, these are finesse players. I know they like to, they can bang inside, but they're more finesse players. So I see the Clippers making this thing, probably a four or five game series and and just getting out of there healthy. But I think defense rules in this first matchup and we will take the LA Clippers minus 630. You notice something there? That uh, the Clippers are heavier favorites against the Mavs than the Lakers are against the Blazers? Just something to note. I believe that little offense-defense matchup has something to do with it. All right, uh, moving on in the West, the number three seed, Denver Nuggets, taking on the number six seed, Utah Jazz. Jazz have had one of the better three-point shooting teams this season, okay? What a lot of us think of best three-point shooting teams in the league, not many of us revert to, oh, the Utah Jazz. But I'm telling you what. Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell are some of the best three-point shooters in the league. So Denver's going to have to watch beyond the arc with Utah. But I believe that, that uh, the Denver Nuggets just have so many more ways to win this series. The, the Nuggets made the conference semifinals last season. It's going to be a five-year playoff drought. Jokic is going to be a key player for Denver. But honestly, while everyone talks about Jokic, I believe everyone around him will be the, the, the factors here. Now, I am from Denver. A lot of you guys understand this. And that can be a hindrance if... If I don't handicap well and I'm a homer and I take things into account that I see in local articles, things like that. But that's not what kind of handicapper I am. I'm the least biased handicapper, hopefully, that uh, you know that I've ever come across. And I certainly don't have any home field, home court bias. But 
Here's the thing, is if you handicap that way and you stay truly objective, it can actually be a, a beneficial thing. You know, I, I do a podcast for the University of Colorado football team. It's my favorite team in the world. I know more about that team than anything. But you know what? As a good handicapper, I know when to bet with them and I know when to bet, well, I would probably would never bet against them because I love them as a team, but I know when to bet with them and I know when to stay away. Same thing with the Denver Nuggets. You know, I spend a lot of time watching this team. I spend a lot of time seeing what this team's all about. And frankly, I believe it's one of the less talked about great teams in the NBA. This is a fantastic roster. We talked about the Dallas Mavericks not going anywhere for a long time. That's just like the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets could be the best team in the West for the longest period from this point forward. That is assuming they keep a lot of their roster together, but you want to talk young, talented, stacked roster, the Denver Nuggets certainly come to mind. So I believe the Nuggets have what it takes. And again, it's about prices, not teams. The Nuggets are minus 275 to beat the Jazz. And uh, again, I kind of look like this or look at this sort of similar to the Boston Celtics series where... Yes, I like minus 275, but if you can wait and the Jazz happen to win one of the first couple games, now you're going to get a, a great price on the Nuggets. But I'll give a, a pick out for today. You know, uh, we're, we're going to release this podcast on, uh, what is today, Tuesday, Monday? It is Monday the 17th. Good God. Um, we're going to release this this morning, so hopefully for those who catch it early, you can get one of my picks, but uh, we're going to go Denver Nuggets minus four against the Utah Jazz. So Nuggets minus four today against Utah. That is a 10.30 a.m. tip-off. What would that be, East Coast? 10, 11, 12, 1.30 p.m. on the East Coast. On the East Coast, Denver Nuggets minus four. So I like that for today, but uh, either way, I think the Denver Nuggets win this series minus 290, or excuse me, minus 275 and advance. All right, last series here in the West. We are looking at the number four seed, Houston Rockets, and the five-seed Oklahoma City Thunder, and it is a reunion. James Harden facing his old team in Oklahoma City, and Chris Paul facing his old team in the Houston Rockets. Now, we should also throw Russell Westbrook into that mix. Russell Westbrook is ruled out for the first game. Not sure how much we're going to see him this series. Now, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, you want Russell Westbrook back as quick as possible. We just don't know right now. It's up in the air. They said one game. I'm not sure if it would be more. So that is a major factor in my handicapping here. But even so, you look at the line, the Rockets minus 160, the Thunder plus 135. I think we're getting a good price here on the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are, I think the Rockets are actually underrated because James Harden is always on TV. He's always in the highlights. He's always shooting, you know, 95 shots a game. And I believe the average fan's going to look at this and take Oklahoma City. They've been a much better team as of late. Uh, if you look at the way they've been, like, uh, 20 and 11, I think they are over the last 31 games. That's third best in the NBA. Okay, the Oklahoma City Thunder are very good. As a matter of fact, if there's one team right now to kind of shake things up and beat Houston, it may be Oklahoma City. They know each other very well. But the Rockets are just, I think, too good. You, you add Mike D'Antoni with that entire roster. The fact that they've made the second round of the playoffs three straight seasons and and they have the best starting five in terms of scoring. They had, their starting five is scoring 89.1 points per game. That's number one in the NBA. But I believe that Houston also has the ability to turn it on defensively, something we haven't seen with a lot of D'Antoni's teams, something that we don't see often out of Houston. But go back and look at their first-round matchups the last couple of years. What Houston does very well is slightly change their style. They don't have to change too much about the way they play. They just have to add a little bit more grit defensively, and this can suddenly become a very uh, formidable playoff team. 
So I think Houston gets the job done here because they have that ability to step it up and play defense. And I like the line. Minus 160 seems like a good price uh, compared to a plus 135 for the Thunder. So we'll go Houston Rockets minus 160. Did I say 165? I meant 160. Uh, Houston Rockets minus 160 against the OKC Thunder. So, all right, that does it for all of my picks. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.